Elijah Collins might be the best running back in the nation in 2020, and you almost certainly won't be able to prove otherwise. Rumors, and rumors exclusively, are abound with MSU hoops. COVID watch continues. The Power Five really loves their shoe deals, and it's week three of July Twitter questions. You're listening to Can't Read, Can't Write. Welcome back, everyone, to yet another episode of Can't Read, Can't Write, the podcast that proves to Wolverines Spartans can chat. Uh, I'm Mike Jones, really hit by the quarantine right now, and I am joined, as always, by the man who has informed me that he always records in his birthday suit, but to mark the occasion, he's in his birthday tux, Kevin Greck. Greckers, happy birthday, my man. Oh, thank you. Thank you. I... I have a uh, you know spouse and family that were all like what are we doing for your for your birthday what are we are we going to get together we're going to have a good socially distant birthday time and i was like shut up spouse and family i'm hanging with my podcast husband and my podcast <laughs> family tonight so take a hike everyone else take a hike and to mark the occasion we are still doing this without video uh yeah. so of course probably cuz i, I mean, don't want to know what a birthday tux is well, you know what? I'm adding to my birthday cummerbund over here. <laughs> I'm growing it out. Uh, of course, my, thanks. My COVID-15. <laughs> uh, thank you, as always, for joining us. Uh, if we could ask you, please share the pod with Spartans in your life. Follow us on the old Twitter machine at Spartan underscore pod. And of course, rate, review, and subscribe to the show. Um, yeah, just smash that subscribe button. Um, this episode, as always, is presented by Fraser's Pub in Ann Arbor, Michigan on Packard Street. Now open. Uh, it's been open for a little while. Of course, we want to let you know about their beer of the month. Right now, it is the 6.8% alcohol by volume. Arbor Brewing, Arbor Brewing Strawberry Blonde. It's a Belgian blonde ale for $5.99. You get 23 ounces. It's a sweet deal. Two of those, and you'll be good to not drive. Right. What else can I say? Yeah. Uh, so take it easy you, on the strawberry blondes, my guys. Take it easy. Uh, yeah. If uh, if you are going out to to dine, they've got great pub fare. Uh, highly recommend Fraser's Pub in Ann Arbor, Michigan. Um, who knows? Uh, maybe see some of us there sometime. Um, Kevin, I'm enjoying you telling people about the structure of the show. So for maybe those who are joining us for the first time, because they really want uh, a lot of uh, COVID news and and recruiting rumors. Uh, tell the people what they can expect. We got green wall rumors and dangerous off Grand River lies. Uh, so yeah, format of the show. We open with MSU sports. We're going to cover football. We're going to cover basketball. We're going to cover what's listed under here is other stuff. Uh, but <laughs> That's not what it that says. In the news. Things that are in the news. Then we go off Grand River, cross sign, uh, walk sign across Grand River. We're going to talk about what's going on in Iowa City because that's not entirely clear. And uh, there's some name, image, and likeness uh, updates. And that has been a common theme on the podcast for the entire time that we've uh, yes, it has. that we've we've been uh, recording. And then week three of the Twitter questions. And let me tell you. There's some solid ones in here, and I'm looking forward to it. So, uh, and of course, let's dive in. 
uh, Upper Deck Jerk Guy gonna be on to read his questions aloud. So we're thrilled to finally connect with the diva uh, himself. So, or herself, you guys will all find out soon. Um, we'll all find out together. <laughs> Uh, so yes, I, you know, this is, um, we try and keep it lighthearted here. We try and, I mean, we, we discuss some heavy topics and, and don't shy away from them when we got to get serious, but we do try and have some fun. We drink, enjoy, uh, the community that we have and, and our company, but we do have to start with a bit of a heavy heart, um, as the MSU athletics community lost, uh, one of its own, um, a member of the track and field team, Tony Martin at. 19 years old, uh, was lost to gun violence. Um, Tony would have been a sophomore next year. Um, uh, he, he died in Saginaw, uh, tragically. Um, and there's not much fun to say, uh, right. There's nothing fun to say right now. Um, Mm -hmm. so I guess if, uh, however you want to celebrate the tragically short life that he had, um, I, I guess I'm going to pour one out over here for him and, uh, and, you know, uh, dedicate with gusto and zest, uh, to the, to the rest of the episode. Um, but fun fact about Tony that, uh, I, I certainly didn't know cause we don't do a good enough job paying attention to other MSU sports. Um, I mean, let's, let's call it, call a spade yeah. a spade. Uh, yeah. But uh, Tony is actually is the uh, Michigan High School Athletic Association all time record holder in the long jump with a leap of 26 feet and six inches. Bro, and his, that is crazy. Yes. Is uh, unreal. That is more than two basketball hoops. Um, not even hoops. That's just uh, rim to floor. But anyway, um, and he is tied with nine time Olympic gold medalist Carl Lewis for the country's seventh longest outdoor jump um so uh you know whether it's in the sport or just as a spartan uh, a tragic loss for the community and um i I know we all toss around thoughts and prayers way too much but um sincerely uh, grieving as a community and grieving for his family so um you got anything you want to add to that, <laughs> Kevin? Yeah. It's incredibly sad. Incredibly sad. And I, it would have been nice if this wasn't going on and he could have been on campus either for you know training purposes or yeah. taking classes over the summer or whatever, whatever the case may have been that could have, we could have avoided this. Um, it's just another gut punch. Um, yeah. And I, I don't know if you caught this, but, uh, it was also uh, Memorial Weekend for uh, the Mike Sadler Foundation as well as it long was. as we're in energy. Yep. Um, so we didn't participate, but 300 Spartans did, including D'Antonio Izzo and, and Mel Tucker uh, in a live Zoom chat for the Mike Sadler Foundation. Um, First uh, D'Antonio Tucker joint appearance. Wasn't there a picture of the two of them together somewhere? Oh. On campus, sure, it's, maybe. It's not but uh, I, I hope you know Tony and his uh, Tony's family and his support system are able to kind of remember him in a similar way as the years go on. Um, yes. So very sad, yeah. tremendously sad. 
Yeah, and and there there's no good place to talk about this in the podcast, and and so we anytime we have to deal with heavy topics, um, we're gonna move forward, have some fun. You guys come here for sports, but we're Spartans, and this was a Spartan that we lost, and so very sad. Um, but uh, with no good transition, let's talk football, Kevin. <laughs> the sport. Yeah, and recruiting. Let's go uh, recruiting, Miss. Yeah, so. Uh, Mel Tucker had his first big recruiting list. Uh, it, it, did I say list? I meant miss. Um, you were just thinking had, about Twitter questions. You were playing moves ahead on that one. Yeah. Uh, so one of, uh, an in-state recruit, uh, Jamari Budden, um, was someone that Mel Tucker had been going after hard. Um, he's out of the Detroit area and, uh, Mr. Can't close out a game James Franklin came in and was able to pick up the recruit and and obviously we wish nothing but great things except when he's playing us for Jamari Budden but uh this was a this this was someone Tucker went after hard and missed out on mm-hmm. um what do you what do you got for me Kevin I mean I, I you know Mel has to cast a wide net right now again the circumstances are very strange these are going to happen you know he's I know he's recruiting hard. I know he's trying. I know that uh, the fan base could use another commitment because it's been a minute. Um, But uh, yeah, get ready. Callous yourselves because there's going to be more of these. It's not going to be the first one or it's not going to be the the last one by any means. So unfortunate. um, But Tucker's going to get his guys at the same time. As well. Yeah, so I think the the other big piece on the board right now, the, the other big player out there from the state of Michigan, that, which I believe we've talked about, is Andrew Anthony mm-hmm. um, out of East Lansing. Uh, also, he's a high three, four star wide receiver, depending on you know your recruiting service. Um, and so it's a uh, that that's the next sort of you know uh, player that Tucker's been going after hard. That particularly being in East Lansing, that you would like to see. Um, him land uh and uh why is his name escaping me the 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 tight end that went to img um that we just landed uh anyway he went from not having a composite ranking on on 24 7 to to suddenly being a three-star composite ranked uh player which oh my god i mean because it's like oh this kid signed with img i guess we better rank him he's a better football player from one day to the next. Wow. <laughs> right. Uh, <laughs> um, the, the other sort of interesting piece of news as we, and I, I think Kevin, th- maybe we should talk about this. We'll, we'll have an on-air meeting right now. Yeah. Um, let's get to, let's get to the bottom of this, whatever it is that you want to chat about. Well, so Elijah Collins has been named to the Doak Walker watch list, which goes mm-hmm. to the nation's top running back. And, I think maybe we should just decide as a podcast that until they tell us there's not going to be football, we should just pretend there's going to be football. I think because that's what we're doing, right? Like that's exactly well, what that, this is. That's, um, that's what the folks at the Doak Walker awards are doing anyway. So, um, so there are six dozen players on the watch list. 30 of them are seniors, 28 are juniors and 18 are sophomores. So, um yeah uh obviously eli is the best of them and or and that's that's it 
We're done. And if there's no 2020 season, you can't tell me he wasn't the best. Yep. I mean, there aren't um, that many sophomores. So obviously I, I the best. Do, I do think if you're looking for things to celebrate with football, and I don't know how much there's going to be to celebrate, but the fact that that Eli made enough of a name or or whatever MSU's PR department is doing to get him on this watch list, considering what he had to work with last year, is pretty is pretty impressive and speaks to his talent level. It's also just sort of a list of guys that got snaps that are coming back to college fine fine <laughs> i'm just saying i but come hey hey we made a joint no, decision it's great not two seconds ago to be very positive positive. and you know what put the ncaa basketball banner in the rafters from all those you know simulated uh uh tournament runs for for 2019 2020 um we'll take them all We'll take all the fake awards, all the fake accolades. Line it up. We're thrilled. Yep. Yep. Um, and we'll take all the fake rumors about Xavier Tillman as well. <laughs> and that's a that's a transition if you've ever seen one. So let's talk some shooty hoops. Uh, <laughs> let's you you want to say what happened with Tillman? Well, there's just rumors out there. There's 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 Twitter flutter about uh that our good friend Xavier Tillman is is seriously considering returning to campus and we've outlined his uh timeline a number of times on the podcast uh both his and Henry's Aaron Henry's um I mean the fact that he's just sort of waffling uh and and livers Isaiah livers from Michigan removed his name from NBA consideration uh though that was expected um I personally, I still, I think this is likely to happen, but I'm not sure that it helps Tillman in any way. The more that I think about it, it's like the issues that the league has with his game are probably not going to go away with another year of college. Like this is a guy that's already proved that he can play both sides of the floor, that his plus minus is out of the, out of control that he can, you know, distribute the ball from underneath the hoop that he can defend college, you know, at every position he can switch, he can, you know, inbound the ball at the end of, uh, elite eight games, um, spectacularly well. So like the only things that he can really improve in his game are outside shooting, which I'm not sure how much Tom is going to ask him to do in this uh, upcoming season, to be completely honest with you. I think there's going to be options for that. Especially, so, yeah, with Hauser there. Mm-hmm. I mean, you already got a guy stretching. And like, there's the fact that there's a chance everyone kind of expects him to get a guaranteed deal, which is no longer the end of the first round. If that's in the back of your head, that is antiquated information. You can get guaranteed money well into the second round. Um, If in fact he's going to get guaranteed money, I think you got to go, especially if there's, if there's any likelihood at all that college basketball won't be happening. And we might talk about this at some point. I think it will end up happening in some degree. Um, but uh, I don't know. That's what the rumors are. I go back and forth on this. Anything else you wanted to add to that? I, you know, it, there's enough smoke there that 
I just, I mean, it, it depends on, I think a lot of it depends though on what happens if there isn't an NBA season, you know, it, does he, does he want to spend uh, essentially in a bridge season in a bubble again, away from his family and, and think about it this way. Let's say you have a draft this year. He decides not to go. Mm-hmm. And then what if, what if, what if uh, basketball is canceled? Right. So who's he going up against next year? He's going up against guys who couldn't have declared because they weren't good enough. And he did and was already considered a fringe first rounder. Mm-hmm. So he comes back and it's a whole bunch of would have been one and dones. Him. And anyone else who maybe was a fringe first rounder that decided to go back. I, I, I mean, I think he if 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 basketball is canceled, his draft stock might actually jump substantially. Because there's no one, no one who put film in. Sure, sure. Uh, so, you know, Xavier, if you're listening, time to sabotage college basketball next year. Get yourself some bank. Yeah. Um, Go to Harper's. Speaking of guys that are going pro, though. Yes. Kareem Manet. Um, Just when we figured out how to actually pronounce it. You know that I went to Montreal just to go door to door and figure out how to. Did you put a little flourish on uh, Montreal? Well, you know, I've been there a few times, so I can I can pronounce it. You know, Hmm? people don't know Hmm? that that uh, pre-recording Greg was whistling. Oh, Canada. Um, true story. True story. <laughs> um, yes, Kareem N.A., uh, a, a potential uh, addition to the 2020 class uh, as a point guard who was playing in Canada, though not like a high school age. He was, he might have been 22 or something. Mm. Um, yeah, he's older. Yeah, it was considering going to MSU, uh, has decided to keep his name in the NBA draft. Whether that means he ends up, you know, in the NBA or or more likely is in the G League, um, he's not coming to MSU. So what no. that means, and maybe the the brief conversation we can have because we got a lot to talk about today, is what that looks like for a twenty twenty lineup. Um, it almost certainly puts Rocket at the one, right? Yeah, it, this solidifies Rocket as the point guard. So um, get ready again. Uh, I've got to reemphasize this for a contrast in styles from what you are accustomed to seeing where uh, MSU has a point guard that distributes first and, and shoots coming out of ball screens or whatever and, and shoots at, a, at you know, a high percentage but a relatively modest volume for how well he shoots. Um, as we've seen, our friend Rocket is going to put the ball up. So just get ready for that. Just get ready for it. Yeah. Anything you I'm, wanted to add to that? Well, I mean, I, I think the interesting piece with Rocket will be actually how many minutes he spends at the one. Because, you know, don't forget that uh, we have a, a, a recruitant in AJ Hoggard, which I think is coming comparably ranked to where Cassius was. 
Mm-hmm. Um, but he's also coming in as a combo guard. He is not a true point guard. I think that has um, more to do with his height, but fair point. Fair, I mean, like, I'm not trying to take that away, but so we have we have Foster, obviously, which we, we want great things for Foster. Um, we have AJ and we have Rocket. And I'm curious if I either Foster takes a step, beefs up his defense, whatever. Um, and then or, or AJ is able to take Cassius level freshman minutes. Which were not very substantial, by the way. I mean, if if between the two of them, they're able to take 10 to 15 minutes at the one. I, it The lineup next year, you're right. Be prepared for something different. But the lineups next year, the, or the rotations rather, I think are going to be fun to watch. And I think Rocket wants to run the offense too. I think he yes. and his people kind of see him as a point guard at the next level. So sure. I think he is probably looking forward to running the offense. Um, maybe, you know, none of us have seen Josh Langford in a couple of years, but maybe you could move rocket off the ball and have, you know, Josh run the offense. It's not impossible. He can handle the rock. Um, I mean, Henry could even play the two if he comes back. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and and it's then it's just maybe you just have two two guards out there. I mean, like next year is going to be. I, I think what we're getting at is next year is going to be fun but wild. Yeah, get uh, to see get get ready to see some uh, pretty zany beginning of the school year, uh, beginning of the season uh, lineups from coaches though uh, that will have the message boards questioning whether or not he's lost a step because um, <laughs> that happens I mean, just, every I'm, time. I, can you imagine like a a a rocket uh, Henry Gabe at the three Hauser Tillman like I, I mean just running yeah. just running it, it will be insane just put put athleticism out there it'll be great yeah yeah you're gonna see that help put Maddie Sissoko out there like it it will be fun. That's that's mm-hmm. I guess what I'm getting at. Um, anyway, we spent more time on this than I meant to, but I, I like. I think one I, more. I, we got one I, more recruiting bit, and then we can yeah. then we can move on. Um, so the the other news is that Jaden Akins, uh, a I think largely crystal bulb to Michigan State point guard, uh, point, guard point guard for the recruit. class of 2021. Uh, we, you've heard us talk about him because he's going to be going to Ypsilanti prep with Amani Bates. Uh, but so Jaden, uh, released his top six Michigan state was in that. Um, the weird one in the, in the top six was, was DePaul. Um, that, I, that happens. Okay. It, it makes me uncomfortable, but, uh, but anyway, uh, so he released this in on Instagram. Uh, Amani was in the mentions saying we're going to do this. Tons of green hearts afterwards. Um, so, uh, I don't know. Jaden At the very least, he's, uh, he's on the recruit. So, I, I don't know that he's ever going to play a minute, but he's playing his role in being the yes. premier recruit in MSU basketball right now. So, yes. Amani, even if we never see you in a you know, script Spartan uniform, 
tip of the hat for playing the game right now. Appreciate you. And continuing to make other recruit stories about you. So yep. <laughs> thank you for that. Um, and then I guess uh, in our segment titled Other Stuff, um, we want to do uh, do we want to do the bad thing or the 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 pandemic thing first? Let's do the pandemic thing first. All right. So just, just really quickly touch on it just to give everyone an update. And so that we can all just have a nice reminder that football is not going to happen. Continue. <laughs> yes. So on this edition of COVID watch, uh, after consecutive uh, rounds of coronavirus testing for MSU athletes without a positive diagnosis, Michigan state has had three athletes and a staff member test positive for COVID-19 today. Um, that is uh, Monday, July 20th. Um, we do not know what sports they are in, but uh, that is the largest single batch of positive tests that uh, MSU has had since beginning testing. Uh, interestingly, or thankfully, whatever you want to say, uh, none of the three athletes who tested positive had taken part in any workouts in the past two weeks, which makes me believe they're almost certainly not football players. Um, well, they were in quarantine in some way, right? A number of well, them. Yes. And so that's the bit that was confusing. And so it makes me believe that maybe they had had contact with someone else who had been uh, yeah. tested positive. Um, one of those players had been in quarantine. One had been in isolation. Not sure what the difference is. Um, and a third. Uh, isolation might be self-imposed. Quarantine might be like you have to. You have to separate yourself from their sure. team and um and so a third was undergoing a first test uh so that that, that means i that didn't athlete, get i think that, that means that athlete had not joined campus yet yeah new to campus so yes there we go and a staff member uh tested positive as well so um, and then three the three additional athletes who are roommates of those uh, uh who tested positive will also quarantine for an additional 14 days mm -hmm. Um, so that's the update on that, uh, related to COVID, um, MSU announced that there will be cuts to the athletic department. Um, the, at the top level, uh, Bill Beekman's salary will be reduced by 10% and Izzo and coach Tucker will both take 7% cuts. Um, <laughs> what I didn't really, well, uh, it sounds like the cut to Izzo's salary was interestingly a lot less than what because all of his is so incentive based yeah that he's not he's not actually taking much of a cut um dude bro has like 80 percent of his total compensation is incentive based because he knows he's gonna hit those you know multipliers man yeah that's if, how if, you write it up if Izzo was in sales his his draw would be like minimum wage because he's like i i'm just gonna make that commission um so I, this is, I think, um, from just a, a continuing the bummer story is that this is going to trickle down and ultimately mean people's jobs, which is, you know, uh, what, a, what a lot of the country has been dealing with so far, but mm -hmm. you, you don't, you don't like seeing anyone lose jobs or be furloughed. And already staff members at MSU outside of the athletic department. I mean, we have to acknowledge that, you know, grounds workers and, seasonal employees and the like have already been furloughed or cut. So yes, it's extending now to the uh, athletic department as well. Um, so it's a bummer. Yep. 
uh, sure is. Um, and then the last piece of news that I, I guess we'll just touch on very briefly is um, rightfully disgraced former president of Michigan State University, Luana K. Simon. Um, has uh, she, I think we touched on before, had won a significant court battle um, in criminal charges against her for lying to police. Uh, the judge had dismissed that claim as saying that no reasonable person could find probable cause. I believe we were on record, or I am on record anyway, at the time as saying that that ruling made sense. Um, she's uh, deplorable. Uh, she's d- did the wrong thing at every turn, but almost certainly based on the allegation, uh, didn't seem to break a law. Um, but the attorney general for Michigan State, um, or the state of Michigan, rather, uh, has appealed that judge's ruling and is seeking to reinstate the criminal charges against uh, Luana K. Simon. Which is strange, because I doubt there's any additional evidence, and the evidence that they already had against her was notes in a margin of one printed memo to be discussed in one meeting one time. We talked about this at the time. I I think it's going to be tremendously difficult to prove that someone did know something at the time and intentionally misled police. Am I wrong about that? No, that's, that's exactly it is. So yes, you have scant evidence that of, of what her knowledge base was. And then you have to get from there that she had sufficient knowledge recalled that knowledge and chose to actively lie to police. And so, um, and, and based on what I've read about what her lawyers had argued, it also seems that there is a question about whether Luana K. Simon at the time knew she was under investigation, in which case, uh, you know, at the time cooperating fully with police, not believing that she was under investigation, um, she may well have, uh, invoked Fifth Amendment rights, which would have been fully within her her uh, you know rights as a citizen. Yeah. Um, and so none of this would have ever happened if she had been informed that she was subject of an investigation. So um, getting to lying to police at the time, I remember you and I talked about this, and I thought uh, this seems like a jump. Um, and then the judge sort of confirmed what my initial impressions were by dismissing the case at a preliminary hearing. I'm we're this seems like a weird use of resources by the attorney general um not that luana k simon doesn't again deserve all of the scorn in the world um it is she she went from from being maybe the the best president that msu has had to absolutely the worst president that msu had had because she made terrible decisions about the right thing to do i don't know the Um, one after her gave Give her a run for that. Um, so John Hannah's John Hannah's still out there, but uh, we'll see. This will be up in the news. So it'll give us more law things to talk about because, uh, you know, we were, we were running light on that. The Detroit news had sort of, uh, closed the, closed the, uh, the, the, the faucet on that. So good to have you back law topics. (laughs) So let's go from, uh, uh, talking about bad things at Michigan State to deflecting and talking about other bad things in the Big Ten. They're um, worse. They're <laughs> worse. <laughs> um, so we've been 
sort of following the the unfolding we've been following the unfolding news uh in Iowa City at uh at the University of Iowa where Kirk Ferentz has come under some understandable heat for uh the culture that has been created um for black athletes there yep um the news uh is that Hawkeye Nation which I think is like a savvier Spartan Avenue or maybe only colors level, whatever. Um, Fanzine basically. Yeah. Though. Yeah. Um, they, they FOIA'd. So that's, that's a, that's a real journalism move in fairness. Um, but anyone can do it. If you're yeah. listening to this, you can FOIA. So for those who don't know, FOIA is stands for Freedom of Information Act, which means that if you're a public institution of some sort receiving federal funding, you can get their records. Um, and uh, the University of Iowa had done an internal study and had published uh, a, a summary of that internal study um, uh, on uh, a task force for diversity within the athletic department. Um, and Hawkeye Nation, instead of taking the summary, got the full report. And lo and behold, and it was reported in the spring of 2019, certainly to Kirk Ferentz, uh, that there were major problems uh, in the athletic department when it came to diversity and inclusion. The athletic, the athletic director has acknowledged that while the report did not necessarily sing out, single out a particular program, it was mm -hmm. well understood that those, pro those problems were coming out of football. Um, it interviewed, I believe 50 athletes. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so the, I'm going to look at some of the complaints, Greg, do you want to talk about it for a second? Yeah. Uh, I mean, I have not read the full report. I don't know if it's published. Uh, and I know that we have Hawkeye listeners to the podcast, so I hope that I don't step too far out of line here when I say basically the crux of it is that. African-American and, and uh, student athletes of color felt uncomfortable on campus uh, and felt certainly that there was some expectation that they conform or pass in what would be considered like predominantly white spaces rather than be their authentic selves. So yeah. I'll give the quick list real quick. Uh, it uh, Black players felt they were expected to conform to white culture. Mm -hmm. Subject to verbal harassment, targeted for extra drug testing, mm -hmm. misled about resources available to them during the recruiting process, subjected to inequitable discipline policies and double standards, misunderstood by both coaches and white players, and unsupported in their academic pursuits. It also said in that report that all of the black student athletes um, that were interviewed had overall positive. Um, reported having overall positive uh, 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 experiences at Iowa. For what that's worth, you know, they were still student athletes there at the time. And certainly there have been uh, athletes of color that have had things to say about their experience at Iowa after the fact. What this does for me, from my perspective, is it removes any credibility to statements that Kirk Ferentz had already made about how he had no idea that black athletes in his uh, football team felt the way that they did. Certainly he must have, or he neglected to read this report, which is unacceptable. Um, and two that maybe 
Maybe some of these older guys in some of these programs that have been a little stale, including the one that we have a podcast about, uh, you know, maybe error builds up in the machine over time and you really, there's something to be said about newer, younger, you know, just energy in the program. Um, if you have an older white coach that has kind of done something the way that it's been done the whole time, can they be successful on the football field? Yes. But can that entrench certain cultural norms that do not include everyone necessarily on the team? Absolutely. Also, yes. Um, So either it's incumbent upon those uh, coaches including the one that just retired from MSU to make every effort to, you know, make sure that they're as inclusive as possible, or there's something to be said for making, you know, changes at the top. Um, yeah. On a fairly regular basis. Anything you wanted to, to add to that? Yeah. It, only that, um, Currently, the University of Iowa has uh, contracted with a, a law firm out of Kansas City um, to investigate the the allegations that came through on Twitter, um, and it's expected to complete its report by the end of this month. Um, and to your point earlier that about um, Coach Ferentz, uh, he's, he has said that um, after he read the report in 2019, he did allow student athletes to wear hats, earrings, and hoodies. Um, but he's learned that there's more to it than that. Um, and that on June 7th, uh, he did say he did not recall learning anything that alarmed him or alerted to him to inappropriate treatment of student athletes, um, prior to, uh, the the student athletes who had or the former student athletes who had spoken out publicly. So, um, you know, I I think your point is is well said that if you if you've got tenure at a program, you can look across the country, and there are almost certainly similar issues to what Iowa is having. They're not unique. So, um, other than they're in Iowa, I guess there's that. Right. That's a thing. That's the most unique thing of them all. Um, all right. Also name, image and likeness. Yes. Um, so what did we get this week? We got a recommendation from the power five, correct? Yes. The, uh, so the power five conferences got together, uh, had a little, had a little get together. They had a little, like, uh, they had a long lunch and they rubbed their money between their hands, uh, <laughs> and said, uh, here's what we're going to give to Congress. So, uh, as we've talked about it before on the pod, there was going to be pressure almost certainly from the NCAA, though it appears here that it really is the power five conferences who are driving this, um, to get a, a congressional law passed that would preempt state laws. So there would be a uniform policy because Congress Um, regulates interstate commerce. mm -hmm. And, uh, so it appears that it's being called the Student Athlete Equity Act of 2020, uh, and the Power Five conferences wanted to get some legislation in front of Congress in advance of some judiciary uh, committee hearings that will be occurring, I believe, next week. Uh, and it's not great. <laughs> um, 
there there was some pretty quick immediate understandable pushback on the regulations proposed um the what was interesting to me is the the things that i saw singled out as as problematic um was not the one that i was like oh this is a problem um so the things that uh, that were sort of given immediate pushback were that uh before you can receive your rights you have to complete a semester at the college <clears throat> don't know why um <laughs> all contracts uh would have to be uh made public avoiding confidentiality this one didn't totally bother me but continue sure i, I mean fine um though all right um and then there would be a litigation shield for the ncaa and conferences uh and as we discussed a preemption of state laws um and this is this is it like they're doing as little as they have to elsewhere to get this one through right so yeah though the clause that didn't get singled out to me that i thought was the most interesting was um ba -ba -ba, um so it's section 3C, which permits individual institutions acting alone and not in coordination to prevent student athletes from entering into endorsement agreements that violate university standards or, and this is the important part, that conflict with institutional sponsorship agreements. Mm, and why this is, this is interesting to me is because we talk about Imani Bates coming and what he could get from name, image, and likeness, and that when we talk about that, if we're being really honest, is shoe money. Yeah. It is all shoe money. And so MSU has an agreement with Nike. Mm -hmm. That is an institutional sponsorship agreement. Mm -hmm. And that means that the only place that Imani Bates can get money is from Nike. So Nike doesn't have to compete with anybody. And so you look at Zion, who got $75 million over five years. When he left Duke, I think from Nike, and um, Amani doesn't have a Reebok that he can go to. He doesn't have a oh god Fila. Reebok. How old are you, bro? How he old are you with these armor. examples? He doesn't. Oh my god, you're embarrassing me on the podcast. He doesn't have an Adidas. Reebok. Oh uh, you, my god, you get my uh, point. There's no I meaningful your, competitor. I get your point, old man. And it, I will point out, though, that it's for the duration of the time with the university. So Amani would have to say, sign a one-year deal with Nike, and then he'd be welcome to go to Under Armour or wherever. These are similar problems in the NBA. Uh, so I'm not... <sighs> but so, I mean, but, so what's... I mean, is Nike going to say... Are they going to shower him in cash so that when he goes pro... But at the same time... It just it, it it doesn't allow them to actually use their name, image, and likeness. It doesn't allow him to to get the money that the free market would offer him. And I know crazy that I'm like, give him the free market, but like, why why is he denied of that opportunity? Why are the shoes on his feet so important? Because because kids like paying money for shoes we'll see where this goes this is just the the power oh, five no no no. This i'm saying why the shoes have to be the same as everyone else on the team that's what i mean 
I get I get why you get money for them. I just I don't understand that piece because it's those are already baked into those deals that they have with Nike through 2027 or whatever. They don't want to go back and have those discussions with Nike or Adidas or Under Armour or whatever. Um, I don't have a problem with the public thing, um, the voiding confidentiality. Like, I I don't know. I'm not that. Maybe there's a good argument for that. I I'm not that sympathetic to the whole confidentiality thing. I think most of the stuff would be public eventually anyway. Um, the requiring completion of a semester before receiving rights. I don't think that's going to end up happening. Like, yeah. how do you, how do you even like, Oh, no, not until you're here for a full semester now. I, right. And so like what, you know, so if you're, if you're a money, right, we'll just continue to use him as an example. Mm-hmm. Uh, that means that you don't get to get paid until midway through your, your first season. Yeah, until you've already been playing basketball for what would be about a month and a half, probably. Like, wh- why? That doesn't make any sense. It's not going to happen. It doesn't matter. Uh, we'll see how this goes. Again, this is all happening because, because the NCAA knows that individual states are going to be, it's just not going to work. So you got to get in front of Congress and they can lobby Congress way easier than they can lobby these individual states. So we'll see how it goes. This is the first draft. Um, I doubt some of this goes through, but I bet the shoe stuff does or the stuff that can't be in competition with, uh, with, uh, um, you know, the existing school contracts. I think that will probably hold up. Sure. Anything else you want to? Nope. Say? Let's, Let's uh, let's hear from our our, our uh, next sponsor, um, uh, who is happy to sponsor our Twitter question segment. Uh, of course, we are talking about our friend Brandon Sands, who is a uh, mortgage loan originator with one of the largest lenders in the country that is guaranteed rate. Brandon himself has closed over ten thousand loans and wants you to know that mortgage rates are the lowest they've ever been in our country's history, and so. If you are uh, interested in buying a home or perhaps are paying more than 4% on your current mortgage, give Brandon a call. Uh, you're probably paying too much. And You're a uh, damn fool. Yeah. <laughs> you're a <laughs> damn fool. Dum-dums, call Brandon. Uh, yeah. He'll sit down with you. He'll have a absolutely free, no obligation consultation with you. Um, talk to you about your short-term and long-term goals. Discuss your credit rating, discuss your income, yada, 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 all that money stuff. Uh, I also have a beer with you, though. Yeah. Yeah. If you say, hey, Brandon, you need to drink on the job, I'll grab a beer and uh, and and discuss discuss what he can do for you. Uh, again, no obligation, no fee. Just give Brandon a call. You can get in touch with him by visiting rate.com backslash Brandon Sands. That's R-A-T-E dot com backslash Brandon with an E. Sands with a Z rate.com backslash Brandon Sands. All right. I'm really, I'm really sorry about that outburst. Uh, I just get really excited. I want our listeners to have the best possible home interest rates. You know, it's just something I, I care about. So. Yeah. You're looking at a condo. You're looking at a house. You're looking about a cottage. I, I don't know. I don't care. Call Brandon. Um, but Greg, it's time. Week three is here. It's Twitter yep. question time. Boom. 
Two regressions. Uh, all right. First up is always thinking 1835 with this question. With recent vacancies on the East Lansing City Council, we didn't even talk about that, man. <laughs> will we could you have gone off Grand River and talked about that for a while? Yeah. Uh, will you, Grek, run for a seat? What is your, are your best slogans? What's your platform? How will your survivor skills help you? Will you be the hero El needs or the El the, the hero El deserves? Uh, I love the always thinking 1835. Really latch on to my survivor uh, audition tape uh anecdote from from weeks ago uh you know what let's announce it right here right now i'm i'm throwing my hat in the ring for east lansing city council and i'll and i'm gonna run on a platform of more harpers extra harpers harpers (laughs) everywhere all the time there's no such thing as bad press all right we got to get our name out there all right yeah yeah we got it yeah we we got a lot to distract people from in this town, and uh, I think Harper's is just the way to go. So uh, I know that they have to go in front of the liquor commission or something this week uh, because it turns out you probably shouldn't be hiring a DJ during a global pandemic. Uh, but uh, yeah, let's go. Um, for everyone not in the know, the East Lansing City Council voted to uh, end its contract with the city attorney, uh, who had been much maligned. But two members, including then mayor uh, of the city council, decided uh, to take their opportunity to uh, resign from their positions that they had both just been elected to last fall, by the way. Um so yeah, the remaining three levels of uh, uh, the remaining three uh, city council members uh, have to appoint two new city council members, um, of which I'll definitely be one for sure. And I, I think the the outgoing mayor just described all three of the other city council members as neophytes, um, foolish neophytes. Yes, harsh words. In fairness. It is technically accurate. Two of them have only been on the council for seven months, and the other one is in his second term. So two years and seven months. So we're talking about like four years of experience on the city council between the three of them. Um, and that's where he's Lansing's at right now. Cool, cool, cool. Uh, next question from Always Thinking 1835. Would you believe that MSU was once in the same conference as uh, Albion College out of 12 gridiron matchups between the Spartans and the Britons from 1886 to 1906? How do you think the record stands between these two titans of athletic excellence? Um, I'm going to go ahead and say there must have been a typo because only one of these is a titan of of athletic excellence. Uh, I'm, I'm sort of thinking, always thinking 1835 might be a Michigan fan masquerading as a Albion college fan with all of these, uh, digging deep into the record books, getting excited about, uh, football games. Have you, have you ever watched really old film on YouTube of what football looked like only in like the twenties or the thirties? No. Unrecognizable from football today. There's dudes on a field and they run generally in the same direction. That is it. That is all that football really has in common. Um, 
I'm guessing though, because of the question that Albion has a, at least a couple wins in the, in the, in the win column. Um, oh, are those from years that Michigan won national championships? Very likely. Ooh, who cares? <laughs> from always thinking 1835, is it ever appropriate to be a bigger fan of a university you did not attend over your own alma mater, assuming you had a good experience with your school? What if you grew up in said college town, went to college out of state, and then returned to the fandom of your hometown? Well, so first of all, I don't think you uh, you need to grow up in said college town. And indeed... I'm not certain about always thinking 1835's identity, but I'm guessing you didn't actually grow up in said college town. Um, But I don't think it matters. You can be a fan of whatever school you want to be. Some of the greatest people we've had the opportunity to meet through this podcast um, didn't necessarily attend Michigan State. And that's cool. They're still Spartans through and through. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, and uh, if, you know, if you went to, say, a college instead of a university, then uh, you would want to cling to a university, right? Yeah. Uh, I would add to this, though. I, I have had the pleasure of sitting in the room with Spartan, with MSU alums rooting against MSU and for the opposing team. And I have not enjoyed uh, those experiences. So um, while you're welcome to do that because you're a human being, I reserve the right to resent you for it. Yeah, I guess if if you went to said college and enjoyed your experience at said college, but rooted for another team that your college was playing, like that would that would bother me, right? Yep. Um, yeah. All right. So. Next up from always thinking 1835, Mr. Clean and the brawny man are fighting for your affection. Who wins the fight? Who wins your heart? Brawny man. Oh, it's brawny man for sure. I'm sorry, Mr. Clean, but it is brawny man. And yeah. he's already got my heart. So I don't, it's I don't trust your, uh, your alopecia, Mr. Clean. Um, yeah. Uh, I think we're all sort of taking a sideways glance at Mr. Clean these days. Uh, <laughs> next up for Mr. Raymond James, what do you think of all five Michigan D1 football teams playing in an exhibition league next spring? Yeah, I think this is a Solari idea. Uh, Chris Solari, who's the beat writer for. Uh, I thought this was a me idea. I thought I talked about this oh, doing maybe. home and homes for all five. I think that'd be fantastic. Continue. Oh, yeah. Well, fine. Um, yeah, sure. I mean, okay, if that's if that's the choice available to us. Um but you know, I think I heard that Alabama scheduled BYU for this year. Did you hear that? Uh what's that? Say that again? That that Alabama had scheduled BYU for this year after we cut them? Oh, no. I did not hear that. I, like maybe they, I'm making that they up. They picked up that contract, that spot. Yeah, I, I, I don't want to say that I'm totally making it up, but I think so. Interesting. And so, if that is true, that tells me that you can schedule things on the fly and with not a ton of planning. So maybe we're just watching COVID numbers and picking up a game every week. Like we don't, we go into a week and we don't know who we're going to be playing. 
we're just going to go with whoever has the best COVID numbers. And maybe uh, we play Albion College. Uh, next up from Raymond Chains, this week on the D'Antonio cam. Yes. A flirtatious Urban Meyer comes calling on the D'Antonios, but Coach D is none too happy. Or while promoting a spoken word album, Little Giants, Coach D sees a concert scheduled in Ann Arbor. <laughs> <laughs> The latter. I'm going to the latter. Oh my God. Yeah. Like he's got to go, you know, perform Little Giants, his spoken word album at like, uh, you know, the state the blind pig. or whatever. Blind pig. Blind pig. <laughs> Babs um, Underground. <laughs> uh, yeah. That would be uh, fantastic. I also like the idea of Urban Meyer trying to come between the D'Antonios, which is how I, I decided to read this. Oh, I, I took it as a thruple. Becky's not going for that. No, Becky, no, 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 no. Uh, uh-uh. Next question from Raymond Chains is, are you getting any sports fixes right now? Uh, through you, I'm watching your weird baseball league up in the Yoop. I'm not doing that. I'm, I'm definitely not. But we are, uh, we were before recording talking about how we are going to handle the professional leagues when they actually do start to come back. So uh, there will be sports fixes coming up. Yeah. And finally, from Raymond Chains, have you ever hallucinated? Uh, I have not. Uh, have you? I'm not aware of any hallucinations. Uh, it's had some vivid dreams, no. usually involving Greg. Those were dreams, my man. <laughs> uh, next up, CT and TC, favorite reality TV show. Ooh, this is a fun one. Um, so. I would lean big brother, but I gotta be honest. It's probably the challenge. Mm. Well, we all know survivor scorned me. So they're out. Take a hike survivor. Uh, so for a reality TV show, I will go, uh, burning love. There we go. Ooh. Uh, next up from CT and TC beer pong or flip cup beer pong. I think it depends on the context. Sure. I mean, all right, fine. If you want a social game, it's flip cup by a mile. If you want to dominate your competition because you're such a natural talent at beer pong, then it's I'll play beer pong. <laughs> Anything you want right. to add to that? No, that's absolutely right. What was it? Well, there was a game we played ba- like baseball or something. There was some other drinking game we'd play. Yeah, I seem to recall a baseball of some kind. Okay. Anyway, next question from CT and TC is on a scale of Hondo to Woj, what level of credibility do you give to the Dick Vitale reporting something? Uh, that's going to go, that's going to skew way Hondo for me, dog. Like glorified Hondo is Dick Vitale. And honestly, I would say that even Hondo has, (laughs) this is going to be crazy, arguably better reporting because Dick Vitale is so many levels removed from any program. Right, you know what I'm saying? Like he's yep. not even a, he's not a good source. Yeah, Hondo might be an idiot, but he probably does actually know a thing or two. Yeah. Um, next up from CT and TC, would you rather attend the Olympics, World Cup, or Super Bowl? You got an answer to this one? I would hate everyone around me in the Super Bowl because I wouldn't have paid money to be there, but I would know everyone around me did, and I'd just be like, I hate all of you people. World Cup seems like it could be a good time depending on the circumstances 
but I don't want to watch that much soccer. So I'm going to go Olympics. Oh, interesting. On this one. Uh, yeah, because wherever you go for the Olympics, you know, they cleaned up that city to it, it's like when you yeah. have in-laws visiting or something, you you know, you, you do the rush to clean. Yeah, I'm not I'm um, not going to any of these, you know, the Olympics or the World Cup in like Dubai or anything like that. If if you had to commit atrocities for the for <laughs> Brazil there, yeah, that's a pass. That's a big pass. But if it's a if it's a host city or a host country that already had existing infrastructure enough to uh, to host the games, then I think Olympics is what I would choose. What about you? Yeah, and that's also true of the World Cup. So, uh, hmm. I mean, yeah, I'd, I'd I'd go World Cup or Super Bowl. That's that's what I'm going. Um, next up is John Hubbard, who asks, this isn't meant to diminish the Rose Bowl year at all, but how often do you wonder how things would have been if we played in the national championship that year? Not sure about you, but it would take a lot of work to convince me we wouldn't have won against either team. Yeah, I uh, I'm sympathetic to this argument. I have a difficult time picturing how MSU gets there because I, I have a fringe theory that MSU the rest of the season benefited from the um, pass interference calls that got called on it against Notre Dame um, in a way that sort of caused umpires to hold flags throughout the rest of the season. And also, as we recall, we lost we MSU lost that game because uh, what's his name before Connor Cook uh, ran out of bounds to actually end the game. So Mark D'Antonio wouldn't have learned his lesson not to put him in yet. Uh, so that would have happened eventually anyway. Like Mark D'Antonio had to lose a game. Yeah. To yep. learn why you don't play Andrew Maxwell at the end of games. Because D'Antonio Forever. totally panicked and yanked Connor Cook and put Maxwell in, and Maxwell ran out of bounds. No, it wasn't yeah. Maxwell. It was, who's the dude from? Uh, I think it was Maxwell. No, this was pre-Maxwell. Continue. Anyway, any, do you have anything you want to say about that? Nope. Uh, next question from John Hubbard is, two, two spots have suddenly opened up on the East Lansing City Council. Will Jonesy move back now? And then we can have a can't read, can't write party in the city. First Abbott Road, next Pennsylvania Avenue. Yeah. Let's go. Uh, I would, I, I, yeah, but uh, Greg's got to lobby to get me that appointment. So until I have some of these neophytes calling me, not taking it seriously, I need those big bucks from the city council. So I think you get paid uh, $4,800 for a job that will definitely take $30 a week. $30, 30 uh, hours a week. How many beers can I buy at Harper's? Mm. It's a lot of shark bowls. You do get, you do get the city, uh, the city council, uh, uh, you know, little backdoor action. You know, they shovel the shark bowls out at the, at the land shark. Um, sure. Uh, all, all right. right. Next question from John Hubbard is if the can't read, can't write duo is stranded in the wilderness with no sign of help coming. Who kills who for food first? And what kind of tools slash jewelry do you make out of the leftover bones? Uh, I think without question, I overpower Jonesy in 
eat him first. I mean, I'm not going to, I'm not going to feel great about it, but, <laughs> um, but you I, know, you know, he does it with cowardice and it's yeah. while I'm sleeping. Oh, I didn't, what we haven't discussed on this podcast is that Jonesy and I, uh, have wrestled a few times and I have <laughs> never lost. So basically he doesn't stand a chance when it comes down to it. Uh, there's going to be some, uh, some Jonesy brisket on the, t- on the table. Um, I don't know that I would make like a talisman though from, from your, your you wouldn't corpse. make a necklace of my teeth or anything like that. No, I don't know that I'd go that far. Um, how would, how would you, would you honor me in some way? I would honor you by living. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. I'm the one with a child. Uh, all right. Um, last question from John Hubbard is, <laughs> have you signed the change.org petition to keep Harper's open? We cannot let this pillar of the East Lansing bar community be taken down by the nanny state. Signed, John. I wrote that thing, man. All right. <laughs> Free Harpers. Free I got the t-shirts Harpers. coming off the uh the old line. The Free Harpers t-shirts. We're gonna we're gonna have a whole, you know, we're gonna show up in solidarity with them when they go before the liquor board, which is not gonna do anything, by the way. So that's where I'm at. Free Harpers. What about you, Jonesy? Sure. Cosign. Cosign as your uh, your running mate for the East Lansing City Council. Um, QAnon and Free Harpers. All right. Next up is Sawyer Like Tom, who first asks, what Olympic sport do you think you could still have a shot at? I mean, the answer to this question is always curling, right? Like yeah. you could uh, always yes, start absolutely. going to curling clubs and pick it up. Like there are only so many people in the United States that are actually curling. And if you really put your mind to it, you really think you couldn't get that good at curling. Do do you think it's that substantially different than cornhole? Let's be honest. Shuffleboard. It's shuffleboard. Really? We're all just choosing not to be in the Olympics for curling. Next up for Sawyer, like Tom, what's the most stereotypically feminine hobby slash activity slash skill that you partake in? Well, I feel deeply uncomfortable with gendering things. Mm. Do you, do you have an answer? Um. Yeah, it's. I, I will. I don't have a hard time with gendering things. I, I do think that we're setting ourselves up uh, to be criticized heavily for whatever it is that we offer here. Um. So, uh, I very much uh in terms of stereotypically feminine hobby slash activity slash skills uh i like when babysitting is happening to make sure that um the female members of my babysitting cohort know that they don't have full responsibility for the children and that i will do more than my fair share as a response I also try to, yeah, I'm going to leave it at that because I think that's the most safely stereotypical feminine. Um, so thing. when I visit in September, I can leave uh, the baby with you guys. No, this is only for the purposes of this uh, podcast. Oh, okay. All right. Okay. Cool. cool, cool. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
All right, let's, uh, I'll just say then, um, I'll go bold. A woman's job is in the kitchen and I enjoy being in the kitchen. <laughs> there you go. There if, you if go. If you're going to make me say it, then I don't actually believe that to be clear. Um, this is your I do fault, enjoy sir, like Tom. Yes. Uh, have you ever felt that, uh, like you need to justify your credibility as a sports fan, particularly before the pod? So we're like Tom adding the question is coming from me as a woman who doesn't always feel there's a place for fandom for women, especially for casual fans. Wondering if you guys feel it as well. Uh, there's always the like the flex and the like, oh, how far did, did you ever actually play the sport or how far did you ever actually play the sport? That's going to be a disadvantage for you for like football. Um, and then there's always the like, do you not know this esoteric thing that I know that like how much of a real sports fan could you possibly be? You know, you, you get into those discussions as well. I think everyone has moments where their sports fandom is called into question though. Certainly I, I wouldn't mean, I'm sure I get them far less than, than you do. Um, anything Jonesy you want to add to that? I would just say as uh, two uh, white dudes who have decided that they want to have a podcast, uh, we're all about uh, just failing up into things. Mm. Um, and so, um, and, and though I, I do think in fairness, sometimes we feel, uh, I don't know. I don't want to say there's an imposter syndrome, but like, you know, um, I, I feel uh, more worried about saying things right maybe by virtue of the platform that we're on that's um, definitely like, true like for instance and- running with the wrong name of the gm for or the owner of the uh the the football team in washington yeah but msu fans hate mark snyder probably more than they hate dan snyder so it was fine <laughs> um i I would add to that that's we also go to good lengths to qualify what we're trying to accomplish with the podcast at times you know, we don't claim that we have, you know, student athletes on or coach interviews or whatever. Like, that's just yeah. not what this is. And we've never claimed that we are. Uh, yeah. But we do have that pecan, pecan wire crunch going for us. For sure do. Uh, all right. Last question from Sawyer Like Tom is, what's your quarantine hair situation? Have you braved the salon, letting the mane run wild, entrusted the clippers to your spouse, decided now was finally the time to dye your hair black again? That's a deep cut, Sawyer. Um, Greg, what's your stitch? Uh, I still haven't cut it. Uh, from the last time that we Zoomed, if you haven't had any changes, you're still definitely longer than mine. Uh, I have indeed gone to a salon. Um, hey, man. Uh, we worked hard over here in New Jersey. Did a lot less rallies at the Capitol uh, to protest masks. And... Uh, and we did the hard work. Everyone wore a mask. There were only two patrons in the salon at the time because things were limited. And uh, and I am still COVID free. So, um, but it's going to get long again before I go back. So, uh, and my son went and got his hair cut because uh, that shit was insane. <laughs> it had been like his whole life. Le- at least seven months since he'd had his haircut. Um, anyway, uh, n- next up is Elon Bloom. Uh, 
<laughs> All right, stranded on an island question. If you could only have one book, one album, and one movie, what would they be? Oh man. Uh do we not prepare enough for this one? Oh my god. Uh is there anything do you want to do? We'll do one of each. Um for album, I'm gonna go with Daft Punk's Discovery. Why not? Ooh, that's, that's a really good one. So yeah. I can't do album now. Mm, yep. Uh, um, all right. Uh, the rock for movie. Okay. Very good. Leave me with, uh, book. can you tell me I'm wrong about that? No, I'm not. I'm not, uh, upset with you for that. I'm looking over at my bookshelf right now for like, which one of these books is the book that I would want to have on. A Honestly, island? I, I will take a Calvin and Hobbes, uh, like collection book. Or, or yeah, that's what I would take. I would take it a Calvin Hobbes collection book. That's what I would do. That could be fun. Uh, I would also take Dune because it's probably deserty over there, so I can just sure. be like sandworms everywhere. Plus, also I want to reread it before the movie comes out. Um, and then yeah, good good combination. We'll go with that. Sure. Um, all right. Next question from Elon Bloom is what is the worst case scenario for Mel Tucker's career at Michigan state? He didn't say this. And why is he living it right now? <laughs> like, uh, cause that's where I'm starting from. He's already in the worst case scenario. Yeah. I, I think he's talking about performance wise though. Right. No, I, I no, I, I know I fully, I agree, but like, this is how it would like the worst case scenario. Yeah. If you'd asked us when he was hired, would have been a weird answer that did not include a pandemic that halted all of his recruiting progress for an entire year. Yeah. So there's that. So here it is. You're living it, Elon Bloom. You're living the worst case scenario. Hopefully Mel pulls out of it. Next up, uh, do you think it's at all possible that we could go to two years of that NCAA tournament? I have a strong opinion on this. Uh, I don't think that's possible. I agree. I think the NCAA will go to the ends of the earth to broadcast an NCAA tournament next year. They like the mid majors need it. I mean, yeah. they need that money, bro. Like they will do whatever it takes. You, yeah. You want to talk about uh, a, you know, we're talking about like, you know, football teams not paying out and, and dipping out of games, but like, the TV money to MSU doesn't mean a ton, but the mid majors, oh my God, that would be crippling to not have that TV money. It would take global, you know, collapse basically for the NCAA to not have a tournament next year. And finally, from E. Lynn Bloom, how long until the Power Five split from the NCAA and have their own organization? Does the pandemic hasten the move? Start to look like actually maybe the non-power five conferences split from the ncaa that i mean we're starting to see that right we had news stories kind of to that effect recently yeah. i also i was actually before we got this question thinking about that too though that what if what if the power what if the big 10 just said yeah sorry we're relatively good here in our institutions we have a standardized process and we're we feel very confident from a public health standpoint. And in fairness, the Big Ten's been better than the SEC at this. Mm -hmm. So, you know what? Like, maybe we maybe we end up pushing to spring, but we're going to have – we don't care what you say about practices anymore. We're going to have practices in the fall. Like, that's not crazy for the Big Ten to say, nah, we're, we're going to do this. Right? Like, 
I think he means like permanently. Yeah, no, I know, but that would be a, a such a massive rebuke of the NCAA. Gotcha. That, like it, it's this isn't going to happen. I, I don't think this happens overnight and in a vacuum, right? Like I, I think this is something that that happens over time, and it may well be the NCAA trying to to lay down you know a, a national strategy when when some of the Power Five conferences don't feel that the national strategy is actually applicable to them. And then you see one power five conference bucking and then others start to follow. And it just sort of undercuts the validity of the NCAA who's chosen not to be a real leader on any of this. Well, what we're seeing is that the NCAA will do the bidding of the power five. So it will be, it could very well be everyone else that leaves the NCAA. Also true. Um, Yeah. So, uh, I, I could totally buy Elon Bloom that the pandemic hastens this move. I mean, the pandemic is going to have, yeah, newswire far reaching consequences that we can't even begin to understand. So Greg, I I heard this was an unprecedented time. Can you confirm that for me? (laughs) I don't buy it. I don't buy it. All right. Done that. Next up from, uh, you know, Garver. You know, there's a there's a number of Garverts going around, and this a one Garver. this week, a Garver uh, asked, inspired by Can't Read Can't Write's not a sponsor. What televised activity would you try to market as a not a sport and get people to watch this fall when football is inevitably canceled? Uh, uh, so apparently, Garvert's not down with uh, with uh, 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 races, ball races. Um, Marble races. Marble races. That's what I wanted. Um, I'm going to say two uh, stouts over here. Uh, COVID parties. Is that, mm. is that a- <laughs> that's must see television right there. <laughs> but like beer pong must be included. Um, you got beer pong hotspot. Yeah. Um, not a sports. I, I still don't understand why esports aren't being pushed right now by the all of the sports networks. If I were sure. BTN, if I were ESPN, I'd be pushing esports. Like now is the time. If not now, when? Um, next up from A. Garvert, uh, black <laughs> helmets were spotted in an MSU equipment video on Instagram this past week. What are your thoughts on the potential blackout uni? And then in, uh, Garvert adds, I personally think a dark green, bronze, or a neon accent in the normal font would look sick. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm. I, I would be down for a blackout uni. I think that would be a lot of fun. Um, I, I also think that those are entirely possible, just concept uh, helmets that were sent to them. It could so. also just be like all helmets are black when they get sent to teams and they get painted from there. Uh, I could totally they, buy that. I think there was a glaze on it, but yeah, uh, I, I think dark green would look to use your phrase, sick. Uh, sick. <laughs> yeah, bro. Uh, I'm on board with all of the uh, alternate uniforms that we've seen so far. So if there's a full blackout, I'm I'm on board with that too. I would like to make that a thing at Spartan Stadium. I think that would be great. Penn State does the whiteout. Uh, we do the, the green and white stripe. Yeah, um, blackout. 
Next up from Garver, uh, best football movie ever. If you say Rudy, I will stop listening to the pod for good. There's a uh, on the table. It's definitely not Rudy. There's no chance I'm going to say Rudy. Uh, I'm trying to think of something other than Little Giants. And then I'm thinking, well, there's also the fact that it's got a namesake that's near and dear to the heart. What do you got that's a football movie? I mean, there's Remember the Titans. Uh, sure. uh, there's The Replacements. The Replacements sure. is better Any than given Sunday. Yeah, there's uh, then you're getting into the, the more serious water boy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go with the replacements. If you haven't seen it, it is an underrated football film. Original uh, or remake? Remake. I don't yeah. I'm not going to watch the original. Agreed. Um, what do you got? Anything no, no, I, I, I would agree. I think I go the, the replacements. That's a good one. Um, <laughs> would really undercut my uh, credibility if I said, uh, what is it? The blind side. Um, yeah, no a, an absolute an absolute white savior movie. Um, which MSU historical coach would you want to coach a game, Duffy or Judd? Uh, I know that Duffy is Duffy, but I have such a soft spot for Judd and Juddisms. I can read Juddisms forever. So getting another Judd game with another Judd press conference at the end is what I would choose. Sure. Yeah. Uh, Greg has a, uh, a book of Juddisms uh, next to his bidet. Um, and, uh, and that's what he reads. Well, splish splash is happening. Uh, next up is B list. You wake up to lip smacking. <laughs> I didn't read this question. Before. We're off to a good start. <laughs> you, you wake up to lip smacking. Who would you rather see eating barbecue spare ribs at the foot of your bed? Brett Bielema, Jared Kushner, or Rosie O'Donnell? Why is Jared Kushner included in this list? <laughs> That's going to be my choice, by the way. I'm going to go with Jared. I didn't um, see the rest of the list. When I saw Brett Bielema, I lost it. <laughs> I love how just like dramatically out of place Jared Kushner is on this list. Um... God, I want to see Brett Bielema eating ribs. I just oh. want to like, I feel like Jerry would just like struggle with it so much. He would just like have, he, he would be like so dainty with it. And then it would yes. just like make a mess and he would just get flustered. Get he wouldn't teeth. know what to do. Yeah. And yeah. then he would be like, I, I don't, I don't know what I'm doing. And then, uh, you know, I'd get to talk to Jared Kushner who I have a lot of questions for. What about you? Uh, Brett. 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 Absolutely, Brett. You just you would just be like, Brett, grab a beer. Let's go, man. Give me, <laughs> Give me in Milwaukee's words. best. Let's hop in that Jeep. Get on the boat. Yeah. Uh, Brett, I'm so glad you're not MSU's coach, by the way. And you'd be like, I know. That would have been dumb. <laughs> <laughs> it would have been real bad news for you guys. Uh, next question from B-List, who is winning in my heart and mind right now. Uh, you've added to the Spartan offensive line for their next real actual game. How many snaps do you think you could realistically? Oh, I'm sorry. You've been added to the Spartan offensive line for the next real actual game. How many snaps do you think you could realistically play before suffering a serious injury? The answer is one snap. If you've ever actually stood next to a big 10 offensive or defensive lineman, the answer is one snap. There's 
like I would have to run in the opposite direction from the line of scrimmage after that ball is snapped if I wanted to survive even that one snap. What were you going to say? Oh, yeah. Well, I was going to say, um, just adding on to that, we we knew someone um, who was on the MSU offensive line who was not even, uh, I don't I think it's fair to say, the best of them, uh, who was a giant in his own right. Yeah. And also, there have not been that, that many great ones on the offensive line. But, sure. um, yeah, those are huge dudes. Huge dudes playing playing uh, Big Ten football. Um, <laughs> go ahead. All right. All right. B-list, we, we, we ditched this question last week, and he persisted. You guys skipped this last week, so I'm obligated to push forward. Have you ever pooped in Spartan Stadium? I don't do that, Michael. I... That's not what I remember you saying. (laughs) I remember you saying, I don't remember, which tells me yes. Because my answer (laughs) is no, I have not. And then I thought, wait, what about your wedding? Nope, I haven't. If you haven't been there in a while, the facilities on the north and south side of the stadium have improved significantly. And you could have a, a pretty nice experience over in the Spartan Stadium bathrooms uh these days but i i cannot recall any such experiences so there you go b-list all the goodwill that you gamed with your brett bielema rosie o'donnell question gone lost uh next up and finally from b-list kim jong-un's armored train (laughs) pulls to a slow screeching stop at an unmarked station ju Kalkrick, dressed in tattered threads steps on and slowly makes his way to the can't read can't write podcast booth what's your first question for him how dare you? I I like that he's just out there, uh, just in North Korea, uh, out in the gulags or whatever. Um, and be like, Ju, how you doing, my guy? Was that actually you on Gunson Street the year after you graduated, or was that? Am I right about that? Were you walking the other way up the other side of the street? I'm pretty sure you were. Did you say Ju? I should have. I should have. Uh. Um, yeah, my my question is, how dare you? Um, oh my god, you got it. You got to move on. Jay's yeah. a good man. Next up is uh, Nate C, who asks, "Do you think humans will ever have the technology to set foot on Venus?" You've got two options: one, humans go extinct, or two, they pull this off. So I'm going to choose to be optimistic, Nate C, and go with yes. Cool. All right. Uh, I think it's less likely, but, you know, maybe. Um, Nate next asks, have you ever planted a tree? And if so, how old is it? Uh, I have. Um, yeah, we planted a tree at my old house. And we planted a tree at my new house. Uh, or not in my new house, my parents' new house. So there are trees that I've planted that are like 20 years old. What about you? I can't recall planting one. I feel like maybe some point in time in like grade school or something, I planted one, but uh, I don't know. I've I've given money to plant one. I I know that. Um, All right. You got to get planting trees, man. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, as soon as I'm lucky enough to be uh, have have equity in some property, I will do that. 
Um, so if you guys want to Venmo me, it's can't read. All right. right Leave them alone. Leave them alone. Next question. (laughs) If you coach a team poorly, then go to another team that's scheduled to play the first team and use knowledge of your poor coaching to win. Is that sabotage? (laughs) This is a reference, by the way, to Mark Uh, Staten. Yes. Uh, so former, uh, offensive, uh, line coach, Mark Staten, uh, made comments in the media this week about how he would have preferred to have actually played MSU as he is now a Toledo coach um, because he knows, uh, what, what did he say? Quote the unquote, cracks in the foundation. Yes, quote unquote, the cracks in the foundation. And I think he also said skeletons in the closet. Yeah. Which is not the appropriate phrase. Mark Staten, I, I used to attempt to defend you in it and that was a mistake i see yeah because because the two positions you coached were offensive line and tight ends and mm-hmm. yep cracks in the foundation were where you worked so thanks buddy yep all right last question from nate c is which will be an olympic sport first darts or cornhole bonus when dude have you ever actually watched like high level darts it's insane it's pretty intense. So I'm going to yeah. go darts on this. For sure. Absolutely agree. Uh, and as far as I'm concerned, as soon as possible. Like we can replace walking anytime. Yes. I think uh, walking is off the list. I think darts should be a, uh, a winter sport. Alternative, lawn darts, but you've got to compete with children running through the playing area. Yeah, with they're like running around and you get extra points for... Um, Missing. Missing is what yes, you need to say. For missing. For missing. Uh and All right. we have oh shit, Greg. We're out of time. All right. We gotta bump the upper deck jerk guy. We'll just read them here. Um first question from the upper deck jerk guy is what is Greg's greatest fear and unrelated? What's his address? <laughs> My greatest fear is that this bit will never end. Uh so come at me, upper deck jerk guy. Let's go. Let's re- let's record. Let's record next week. Uh, next, yeah, go ahead. Next up from the protector guy, F. Mary Kill, Chris Solari, Graham Couch, or Matt Charbonneau. Which I love that in asking this, uh, he tagged all of these people via Twitter. And those are Chris Solari, the beat writer for the Detroit News, or I'm sorry, the Detroit Free Press, Graham Couch, columnist for the Lansing State Journal, and Mark, Matt Charbonneau, beat writer for the Detroit News. Um, I all right, you got an answer? I'll let you go first. Charbonneau was party to all of that Detroit news stuff. And I, if yeah, that, that weren't the case, he would probably be the Mary in this situation. Yeah, handsome man. But I'm gonna give him the kill now. Um <laughs> but then what do I do with Chris Solari? <laughs> I hear he has a temper too. I don't like this question, Upper Deck Jerk Guy. I also like where Graham Couch just ends up ascending to the top just by default in this situation. So I, I'm going to F Matt Charbonneau. I'm going to marry Graham Couch. And sorry, Solari, you're an excellent beat writer. But your temper apparently is, is unworldly. Yeah, uh, I want to take this opportunity to just say, we have been very fortunate in the beat writers that we've had for mm-hmm. the teams that we follow. Like we've had spectacular writers, 
we're in a bit of a lull right now, but in the past we've had spectacular writers. Uh, what's the worst Uber next up from uh, Upper Deck Guy? What's the worst Uber experience you've ever had? And was Phil Friend driving when it happened? Phil Friend, Phil also Friend, reporter from the Lansing State Journal. Of the LSJ. And uh, Phil, and, Phil and I have had our Uber moments, but they were tender and loving. Um, my worst Uber experience is with people that I'm Ubering with embarrassing me while it's my Uber account and me oh, sure. being like, oh my God, don't please, uh, don't rate me badly for this. I, I, I'm very sorry about my then girlfriend's then roommate. Like there's nothing I can do about this. I'm sorry. Don't just go easy on me on the rating. Um, what do you got? Anything uh, crazy? So I would just say there was one time I flew into LaGuardia that LaGuardia was notorious is and was notoriously under construction. And you had to walk like a solid mile and a half to get to where the, uh, the Uber driver was. Mm -hmm. Um, and then it was like, uh, a Thunderdome in a, in a parking garage that was for, uh, picking people up, and then my Uber driver was yelling at me about not being in the right space. It, it, it just—it wasn't really even the Uber driver; it was just the poor circumstances. And this yeah, is really I mean, that, my worst Uber experience is synonymous with Laguardia. So there yeah, you had a Laguardia experience, is what happened. Yes. For my first Uber pool, I thought I should say hi to the other Uber poolers as they get into the car. Oh, and I—I I know. Oh. That my like Midwestern yokel came through. I didn't try to talk to these people. I just acknowledged them when they got in the car. Were they women who and came in and you're like, hi? No, they were just. <laughs> and I I felt so stupid about that now because I know now that you just sit in silence and you don't acknowledge anyone. But at the time, I thought I had to say hello. Was this in a city? Like it a real one? A yeah, it was in a real city. Okay. All right. Uh, last question from the Upper Deck Jerk Guy is, are you ever going to do a crossover with any of the other 1,547 Michigan State podcasts? Put Gretchy together with at Sheehan Sports. That's Matt Sheehan, who is a co-host of Locked on Spartans. And I could avoid two of my greatest nemesises. Nemesi? What's the plural of nemesis? Nemesi. Uh, Yeah. We actually... Upper Deck Jerk Guy, uh, Matt Sheehan and I have a Upper Deck Jerk Guy specific podcast where we just like talk about you the whole time. Yeah. Uh, and it's and not very good. Matt is, uh, you know, if he's listening, welcome on uh, anytime he wants to, to talk about the Upper Deck Jerk Guy. Maybe we could have him on to read Twitter questions. We probably would find the time for that. So um, with that, it's the Epidemic Jerk Guy segment, and that means it's the end of the podcast. And as always, <laughs> thank you very much for listening to us. Uh, and uh, please, again, rate, review, and subscribe. Greg, go green. Go away, Josie. <laughs>